Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey. Welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour of talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. And a very good day to my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as we are so blessed to be able to come together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 o'clock live here, and then uh, we repeat the program 10 o'clock those same nights. I'm wishing you a very blessed, happy, and holy Easter day, Easter Wednesday. There's a reason we call it Easter Wednesday, is because, as I hope you know, Easter is so great a solemnity that we stretch it out for eight days. Every day this week within the octave is an Easter day. Today is just as much an Easter day as Sunday was. So, happy Easter. And I hope you're celebrating. I hope you're feasting. I hope you're rejoicing. I hope you're uh, proclaiming the risen Lord, because that's what we are called to do. And I'm happy you're here. Uh, Again, here we are all, uh, you know, your, your home and your domestic churches, probably most of you. And uh, hopefully uh, you are uh, at peace. And today we're going to talk a little bit about peace because the Holy Father gave his general audience uh, message earlier today over in Rome. And uh, he's continuing his teaching on the Beatitudes. And today he teaches about blessed are the peacemakers. And he talks about peace. And we should all be at peace this week. Uh, My goodness, we have so much to be peaceful about and to rejoice about the great hope we have in resurrection uh, by our risen Lord and uh, then I want to also, you know, coming up this Sunday is the Feast of Divine Mercy. And it was 20 years ago. Hard to believe it's that long ago. 20 years ago, on April 30th of the year 2000, uh, Pope John Paul II canonized uh, St. Faustina. And uh, she was the first saint of the new millennium, uh, the Apostle of Mercy. And so I want to share with you from that day, 20 years ago, some of Pope John Paul II's homily at the canonization, as we remember now, uh, St. Faustina, and especially as we approach Divine Mercy Sunday. First, we're going to pray, my brothers and sisters, and oh, also, we're going to, as I said yesterday, after our prayer, I'd like to go to today's uh, first reading, you know, these readings, uh, mass readings, the first reading throughout Easter come from the Acts of the Apostles, and I love the Acts of the Apostles. Today's one of my favorite uh, um, readings from the Acts when uh, John and Peter were going up to the temple at the 3 o'clock hour. We'll we'll get to that as well. But first, let's pray. And as always, my friends, uh, no matter where you are listening or watching, remember now we're coming to you on on all four of our network of domestic church media radio stations here in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, but also coming to you live on all sorts of streaming platforms and uh, our audio platforms our streaming audio from our website at domesticchurchmedia.org. Also, I pray you're downloading our free mobile app. It's free, and there's so much on there for you. But you can stream live both audio and video on our free mobile app. You can go to our YouTube channel from there as well. Uh, If you have an Amazon Alexa or Google Home device, 
You can tell those home speaker devices to play domestic church media, and we stream that way. And, of course, we are streaming live video right now at 4.04 on this Easter Wednesday, 2020, uh, April 15th, actually, right? It should have been tax day, but thanks be to God, they pushed that back. Um, uh, YouTube.com slash Domestic Church Media, and also Facebook.com slash Domestic Church Media. So, so many ways to listen and watch, and and, uh, through this technology, it allows us to go around the world proclaiming the risen Lord, to be a herald of that great that great news that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. And uh, we should all be rejoicing, no matter what the world is, you know, what's happening out there, what we're going through, ah, put it away. Rejoice in the risen Lord. And you are in, as I said yesterday, you know, you're in your domestic church. And think about where God has placed you for this Easter day, in your domestic church with the people who are closest to you in your life. I mean, it, does, it gets no better than that, right? So let's rejoice in that and pray. And so wherever you are, my friends, I, I gathered. Uh, we are gathered now virtually here across the thousands and thousands of miles to come together in prayer, to raise our hearts and minds together as one people of God, one body of Christ, coming together, praying our Easter prayers. And as uh, St. Pope John Paul II once said, you know, we are an Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. So we, we sing that Alleluia, 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 Jesus Christ is risen, we rejoice in that. We come together as brothers and sisters in the Lord with that same great zeal and joy that the first uh, Christians had in that first century church uh, that we read about in the Acts of the Apostles. And so, again, knowing that there are so many brothers and sisters tuned in right now, so ready, willing, and able to pray with you, pray for you, let us bring our petitions and our prayers to the throne of Almighty God through the intercession of each other as we pray with and for each other. And we begin, my friends, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And we're praying this prayer of Easter, a prayer that is attributed to St. Bernard of Clairvaux. Lord, you have passed over into new life, and you now invite us to pass over also. In these past days, we have grieved at your suffering and mourned at your death. We have given ourselves over to repentance and prayer, to abstinence and gravity. Now at Easter you tell us that we have died to sin. Yet, if this be true, how can we remain on earth? How can we pass over to your risen life while we are still in the world? Will we not be just as meddlesome, just as lazy, just as selfish as before? Will we not be bad-tempered and stubborn, enmeshed in all the vices of the past? We pray that as we pass over to you, our faces will never look back. Instead, let us, like you, make heaven on earth. And our prayers to St. Michael the Archangel and the beautiful prayer to our Blessed Mother, the ancient prayer, the Subtum Presidium prayer. Holy Father Pope Francis asked the people of God to pray both of these prayers every day, every single day. Pray these prayers to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our petitions and our necessities. 
But deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, I thank you for being a part of my day and allowing me to be a part of your day, and I do hope that you are at peace and rejoicing on this Easter day. And we should be celebrating still, you know, hope, just like Christmas, you know, we have the those beautiful Christmas days between the 25th of December and the 1st of January, so we have the same during the Easter celebration, Easter Sunday, whatever day that might fall on, and eight days later. Within those eight days, it's Easter. It's one Easter day. You know, if you pray the Liturgy of the Hours, you know, we're praying the same prayer every day because the church says, well, this is still one big Easter day. And so uh, the, the, the antiphons and the Psalms, they're the same every day here during this uh, time within the octave. So we should be celebrating that. And then, of course, as we get closer to uh, this coming Sunday, Divine Mercy Sunday, what a beautiful feast day that is. And we're going to share some of uh, St. Pope John Paul's homily when he canonized Sister Faustina back on April 30th of 2000, 20 years ago, and share some of those words. You know, our our Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, had an enormous role to play in bringing that uh, private devotion back to the fore. There was a time where it was uh, kind of repressed uh, by the Church, but it was uh, Cardinal Votiwa and then eventually Pope John Paul II who uh, brought that devotion back to um, um, importance in the Church, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, First, I want to do this as I did yesterday. I, I go right to our domestic church media app, and of course, you can get your free app. It's free uh, at your uh, app store, whether you have the uh, the Apple device or the um, uh, Amazon, the uh, what do you call it, the Android device, um, to go and search for domestic church media. The app is free. You can download it free to your device, and it, there's so much on here. As I said, you can not only listen to the program, the podcast, you know, and the the archives and watch the live uh, broadcast on YouTube. Um, but there's so much more. And, and uh, daily mass readings, mass times, of course, that's kind of moot right now, isn't it? Um, Sunday reading reflections, morning prayer, evening prayer, night prayer, common prayers, the novenas, examination of conscience, saint of the day. That's all on this app, as are other uh, opportunities for um, spirituality, like the entire Bible is on here, the entire catechism is on here. There's audio recordings of Venerable Archbishop Sheen. Uh, we have uh, the Trenton Monitor, the Catholic Star Herald from Camden, Catholic Philly from the Archdiocese, the Vatican website, Lo Zeratore Romano, the official newspaper of the Vatican, the, the National Catholic Register, our Sunday Visitor, Catholic News Agency, Catholic Movie Reviews. It's all on this one app. If you don't have it, you've got to download this thing. And then, of course, there's all of our domestic church media information uh, available to you. And you can even donate. You can make a donation of your choice right from this app. But anyway, let's go back to uh, today's readings because actually both readings are very, very, I I love both readings today. But as I'm going to try to do throughout uh, the Easter season is read, pray, and reflect on the first reading that uh, is from the Acts of the Apostles. And as I've been saying for a couple of years now, it's been placed on my heart, 
You know, we as a church, we're looking for ways to evangelize, ways to grow, ways to bring people back, all those brothers and sisters who have walked away, um, you know, by, by the very virtue of our baptism, we are called to evangelize. And as I've been praying over the past, oh, two or three years now, I think we have a, 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 a hidden code, something in the Acts of the Apostles, not hidden, but there's something in the Acts of the Apostles, throughout the Acts of the Apostles that we should look at and see what these people did in that first century to allow the church to grow so vibrantly and to place such a great zeal on the hearts of those first Christians and love for the faith and love for Christ. And now we know the Holy Spirit, obviously very active, but the same Spirit is active today. No different. The Holy Spirit's power has not diminished over the past 2,000 years. We can invoke the Holy Spirit the same way the first uh, Christians did for all of our needs. And to, but you know what? I think it begins, though, my friends. We've talked about a lot about this. We have to be a joyful people. We can't be at each other's throats. We can't be uh, so stuck in in uh, our set ways that we, we 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 fail to recognize brothers and sisters around us who are hungering and thirsting for the truth that we have to share with them. You know, there's just so much we can be looking at and evaluating. But let's go to the the first reading. Again, this is from Acts 3, verses 1 through 10. And I'm reading this scripture right from our domestic church media mobile app. It's right there. Every day, the daily mass readings are there for you. Again, this is a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. And this is one of my favorite because I I, I just envision what's happening here, you know. Peter and John... We're going up to the temple area for the three o'clock hour of prayer. So it's the hour of mercy, right? The three o'clock hour of prayer. And a man crippled from birth was carried and placed at the gate of the temple called the beautiful gate every day to beg for alms from the people who entered the temple. So here's this poor soul who can't even walk or crawl, has to be carried up to this part of the temple the gate. As people come in and out to pray, they pass this poor beggar who can't even walk. It reminds me of, um, (laughs) I think of this, we were in Rome, and when I go to Rome or anywhere that I'm, where I know there's going to be a lot of walking, I bring my cane. I don't usually use a cane. I I have obviously a slight handicap. I was a, uh, I had polio when I was a child, baby, an infant, uh, back in 1955. Uh, I got polio in, in August of 1955. The vaccine came out in April of that year, but they weren't widely distributing it yet, so I got it. And, you know, it only affected the one leg. <laughs> it was like the Lord's way of anchoring me and so I didn't run wild, you know, uh, which I probably would have, to tell you the truth. But when I go places, you know, especially when we go to Rome, the cowl's just tough to, I bring a cane. So the last time we were in Rome, I think, and, and I, I think we had we had gone to the general audience and I had on a, just a, a blazer, a nice shirt, nice khaki pants, shoes, and my cane. But I was walking outside the Vatican uh, walls there on, on one of the, uh, the uh, um, borgos there, and, and 
uh, I sat down just because I was I wanted to take a little rest. So I sat down uh, on either the curb or a little bench that was there with my cane. And this Franciscan uh, friar came walking by in a brown habit and looked down at me with such pity <laughs> and gave me a blessing. And I, it reminded me of this story of this this poor beggar at the temple gate when Peter and John walked by. So they carry this man, and they put him at the gate of the temple. And Scripture tells us that when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked for alms. You know, one thing I've learned in this position that I'm in here at the Apostolate over the many years I've been main steward over it is how to, how to ask for alms. <laughs> I'm, it's, the, it's the least comfortable thing I have to do. I can get behind this microphone without a hitch. You know, no, I, I love it. All the other aspects of the apostle, but what I really do not like, what really goes outside, way outside my comfort zone is asking for alms. But I know it has to be done. I know one day I'll stand before the throne of God and he'll ask me what I did with the apostolate. And, uh, God forbid I should ever say, well, Lord, it didn't, didn't work because nobody gave us money. He's going to say, well, did you ask? <laughs> so, Anyways, not, not, not within my comfort zone. But here, the poor beggar, I'm sure, same thing. He's, he's been placed there at the temple, and he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, and he asked for alms. Now, he didn't know who they were, I'm sure. But Peter, as Scripture says, looked intently at him, as did John. Imagine, so they're walking in, the beggar asks for alms, and they stop. And he looks down intently at him, Scripture says. And so did John. And Peter said, look at us. And Scripture tells us he paid attention to them, expecting to receive something from them. So here he thought, okay, he's got some donors. <laughs> he's begging for alms. These two men seem very confident walking into the temple. And they stop. They look down intently at him and say to him, look at us. And he thought, okay, here we go. I'll get some alms today. But then Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I do have here I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, rise and walk. Imagine the confidence Peter had to be able to say that. Imagine the faith that Peter had to be able to say that to this man, a man who for years had been carried and placed at the temple gate. So uh, crippled was he that he couldn't even crawl up there himself. He had to be carried and placed there. But Peter looked down with this enormous faith Remembering all that our Lord did during his, his three-year public ministry, remembering what our Lord endured during his passion, and then, of course, having seen the risen Lord and, 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 and conversed with the risen Lord and had breakfast with the risen Lord, to now and then having seen him ascended into heaven and having received the Holy Spirit, said to this man, I have neither silver nor gold, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, rise and walk. 
Then Peter took him by the right hand and raised him up, and immediately his feet and ankles grew strong. Again, what enormous faith Peter showed here. What enormous faith to say, I know that by the name of Christ I can do this. The man leaped up, stood and walked around and went into the temple with them, walking and jumping and praising God. Imagine that. Just think about yourself. How many people right now think about your own um, uh, uh, disabilities or inabilities, uh, you know, things maybe you used to be able to do you can't do anymore. And, and, and I, was, I was driving by today when I was coming to work. I, I pass uh, um, a couple of baseball fields. Of course, everything's empty. And uh, I just remembered when I was when I was a kid. I mean, baseball was everything. Played baseball all the time. We played baseball all the time. From the moment, you know, uh, spring rolled around until late fall, we just played baseball. And I was driving by this baseball field, and I thought, wouldn't it be neat to have someone throw me a few pitches and see if I could still hit? <laughs> but I'm 65 years old. you got to be careful. But imagine if you had you know, whatever, whatever you know, our inabilities or disabilities are, all of a sudden regain that ability through a miracle and to be able to do it. Just, so imagine this man, as he walked into the temple with John and, and Peter, and uh, he stood and, and, and went into the temple walking, jumping, praising God. And then when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the one who used to sit begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with amazement and astonishment at what had happened to him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And you know, my friends, this is the opportunities we have now. You know, people are, I was reading an article earlier saying, you know, will people go back to church after this? People become so accustomed to virtual church attendance. Well, it was okay to watch the Mass on Sunday during the coronavirus, why can't I watch it now? And, uh, you know, what's the difference? Will people return? I'm praying that people, as we are uh, confined to our homes, but then again, I'm going to say we're really uh, uh, freed into our domestic churches. But will people now realize and miss the, the the holy sacrifice and this miss the reception of the sacraments, especially the Eucharist and reconciliation. I, I'd be curious to see when they finally open up the church. When finally it's okay once again to open the doors. Will people go back in throngs? I, I hope. You know, to 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 be able to once again, as the body of Christ, worship the Lord together in the same place. But right now we you know we're 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 given this this beautiful opportunity to to celebrate these Easter days in our domestic churches. But what we have in and through our baptism we have the same power that Peter had. <laughs> we really do. Jesus himself told the apostles if you had the faith faith the size of a mustard seed you could move that mountain. And why wouldn't we believe that? How many mountains have we moved in the course of our life by faith? 
I can, I can, you know, again, I say this in, in all humility, trust me, it's, it's, again, through no merit of our own, but I think about w- every day when I sit in this beautiful studio and you look around and what it was when we first walked in when the, and the fact that our Lord, risen Lord and Savior is, is, is right across the hallway in the tabernacle. We have this beautiful, um, these beautiful grounds here that 15, 18 years ago, we, we, it, it was, it was, it was a, basically just a prayer. Lord, I, I don't know what to do. I think you're calling us to do this, but how, how can we ever, ever do this? I, we have no money. It's going to cost four and a half million dollars. Is the one miracle after the other miracle, and we can see that it's by the power of faith, not just my faith or Cheryl's faith, but the faith of so many people who the Lord brought to us and believed in this, that this could be done. It is possible. All things are possible with God. And we don't have the things of the world. It's, you know, yes, it took, it took money to buy this place. It took, it took, and it takes money to operate it. It's, you know, there is that, that element of it, but it's by alms, not by, uh, uh, you know, profit that these things are being done. People sharing, people donating, people giving, just like the first Christians, where they would give it all to the apostles who would then distribute it to the, those who were in need, and, and the church grew. I don't have silver and gold. You know, I, I said that to the Lord, you know, when... when uh, when all this was beginning, Lord, I have I have no silver. I don't have anything. But if you want it, you got to send me the people who can help us do this. And that's the power of faith. And what we should be really celebrating this beautiful time of year, this beautiful Easter season, this Easter day, that Jesus Christ, who was crucified for us and took sin and death upon himself on that cross, on the third day, by his own power, rose from the dead. You, you know, I, I loved last week when they were showing there were a few different uh, programs on. I think EWTN had one on and other, even some of the secular stations on the Shroud of Turin. And nobody can yet explain that. They try, they've been trying for years and years, especially now with modern technology, trying to explain how that image got on that cloth. And, oh, they could say, but the cloth dated back to, you know, the, the uh, Middle Ages, and, and they've disputed that now. That, that's been uh, falsified. So they say it really goes back to uh, first century uh, Jerusalem. They have no idea scientifically how that image got, in a negative form, got on the, 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 the burial cloth with the same exact marks that Scripture tells us our Lord would have had. But people of faith say, well, I know how it got there. <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead. Something very amazing happened that day. You know, and, and I think it was, um, who was it? Was uh, I forget who I was listening to the other day talking about the rolling away of the stone when Peter and John ran into the empty tomb and they saw the 
the burial cloth and the cloth that was around his head neatly rolled up and left there. They were saying, you know, if people stole the body, they wouldn't take the time to roll up the cloth and place it there so nicely. Our Lord left it there for for the rest of the world to, to, to see down through the ages, I'm sure. And that's not why we believe in the resurrection. We believe in the resurrection because the apostles told us they saw the living Jesus. This just adds to that. But by our faith, shroud or no shroud, we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. We believe that he lives. We believe that he, in doing that, opened up for us the gates of heaven, that we too one day will rise from the dead. We're going to hear now all the stories about our Lord, you know, in today's gospel, where he, he, he met the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and they didn't recognize him until he sat there at table with them and in the breaking of the bread and vanished before them in his glorified state. Just vanished. But he was eating, so he was able to consume. The beautiful stories of, of what, what's in store for us after this life, that we will, our soul will be, go before God and hopefully will be with him forever in heaven. And that on that, that last great and glorious day, Almighty God will recreate our bodies and reunite our bodies with our soul. We'll be just as our Lord is, and we'll read about in, in the Easter readings, in that glorified state, the risen state, as is our Blessed Mother, who was assumed, not by her own power, but by God Almighty, to assume her body uncorrupt, incorrupt and bring it into heaven, body and soul, where she too is in that state. And we too one day will be there. All of this, my brothers and sisters, that we celebrate this day, this Easter day, is just the very beginning of what's in store for us, what awaits us, where we are, where we're going. All right, let me take a quick, a, qu- a quick, a quake, a quick quake, a quick break. And uh, when I come back, I didn't get to the Holy Father's um, general audience, but we'll Maybe do that some t- tomorrow. And uh, But I do want to get to um, the Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II's homily from the canonization of St. Faustina, especially as we approach now the great feast of divine mercy. So stay where you are. There's more to come on Come to Me. Francis reminds us that it does not take a specialized degree in theology to become a great evangelist. We're all called to evangelize. Think about the woman at the well. After she encountered Jesus, she immediately went into the city and invited others to meet him as she had. You and I can go out now and do the same. And St. Paul Street Evangelization can help. Get involved today by contacting us at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go Go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen. Turn over the pages of sacred scripture. What do you find? You find a record of men to whom God has spoken. And you'll also find a record of men who listened to him. In other words, scripture is fulfilled in concrete living dialogues. Now, men do not always want that dialogue with God. At one time, they desire it. At another time... They fear it. Adam was afraid when God called him in the garden. Cain was afraid when God spoke to him. Moses was afraid before the burning bush. When you and I have a dialogue with God, what makes it up? One thing that makes it up is, first of all, a consciousness of our own sin. And the other is the voice of God urging us to confess it, to seek his mercy. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And I hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that because we are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. We're bound by Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628, or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From East Brunswick to East Windsor. Newtown to Neptune. Furlong to Forked River. From Colts Neck to Columbia. New Hope to New Egypt. Proclaiming the joy of the gospel on Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Alrighty, welcome back, and in just a moment, we're going to go to 20 years ago, on April 30th, St. Pope John Paul II canonized Sister Faustina, became St. Faustina, the first saint canonized in the new millennium, and also uh, then officially declared the Sunday after Easter as Divine Mercy Sunday, which is something that Jesus uh, asked Faustina in the uh, revela- private revelation. So we'll get to that in a second. Before we do that, my friends, again, just a little a little pitch here. You know, I talk about asking for alms. 
um, as you know, we uh, postponed our spring radiothon, which was scheduled for April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. We didn't do it then, obviously. Not a good time. You know, people are trying to put things, you know, in order and in perspective to see where where the, where the chips are going to fall for many people. There's a, a lot of unemployment out there. Um, but hopefully and prayerfully, things will begin to correct themselves and be put back in order. Maybe not where we were um, before all this began, but hopefully uh, back in, in a way that people at least have an idea of where we're going. So, um, so I know it's difficult. That's why we postponed it. I'm hoping that we'll be able to have the spring radiothon sometime in mid-May. Uh, I don't have any dates set. We just want to see where things are, where they're going, and how people are doing um, to, before we make that final decision. However, in the meantime, my friends, every year during this time, we count on the radiothon to be our major fundraiser of the year and our major source of funds from spring into the fall to carry us through the summer, which is never any good normally. So we don't have that right now. And um, the uh, the barrels are drying out here. So we have had some very generous donations from so many of you along the way, your regular donations. We thank you for that. But we have noticed a dip in the uh, donations. So I'm going to ask you, please, if you've not yet, had a chance to make a donation, and you've been listening, and you you're being you're finding that domestic church media has really uh, now had a very special place in your life, especially during these times of confinement. Uh, you know, I like to say that we're we're kind of a link for you now uh, for all of our listeners uh, to the church. Yes, many of the parishes are, are live streaming their masses and some other devotions, which is great. But we're here twenty four seven, anytime, day or night, on any platform you want. There's no reason why you can't listen. And people used to say, "Well, I, I'm outside your listening area." Well, you may be outside the radio listening area, but if you have streaming audio or a free mobile app or Amazon Echo or Google Home, uh, we're there. Uh, we'd be there if you were in. In in uh, you know the far corners of the, of the world, as long as there's internet, so we're there for you. We want to keep being there for you. But in order to do that, we do need you to help us and support us. So I'm just asking you, please, to pray about it. Um, uh, you know, one thing Cheryl and I were talking about this morning at breakfast, um, and I'm hoping that the parishes do. You know, most most parishes on their websites have links to other sites. I'm hoping that parishes have links to domestic church media and encourage the, the parishioners. Um, you know, you can peruse the website there, but while you're doing that, why don't you click on domestic church media and listen to Catholic radio? Uh, it's so important these days, especially. So anyway, a few ways to do this. I, I'm only going to the post office about once a week now. I'm not going there every day the way I used to because of obviously the, you know, I just don't like wearing masks, first of all. <laughs> not my thing. Um, or covering my face, uh, although most people say you should cover your face. <laughs> um, but um, so if you're going to mail a check, thank you so much for that. Our, our address, you make, you make the check out to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509. That's P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, and the zip is 086 
0828. So it's P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. And you make the checkout and mail it to Domestic Church Media. P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. But the quickest and easiest way is to make an online donation using your credit or debit card. Uh, We get it right away. You don't have to go out to mail it. I don't have to go to the post office to pick it up. It just comes in. We get it. And uh, it's a a great way to do that. So our website at domesticchurchmedia.org has a Donate Now button. If you have our mobile app, when you pull it up right in the bottom, there's a Donate button. Just click that, and you can make a donation of your choice. It doesn't, you know, there's no default amount. You, You tell the app what amount you want to donate. Um, or as I said, the website, Donate Now, you can do it that way. Uh, but we do, I'm just trying to kind of set it up for us over the next month where we're really going to need your help. If we don't have the Radiothon until mid-May. That's still another month away. So we're going to need your help now and any way you can. No amount is too small. No amount is too great. But we need this apostolate up and running. If I can't pay my electric bills and I can't pay my insurance or my phone or internet, we can't broadcast. And then what happens? So pray about it, and whatever way you can, again, domesticchurchmedia.org, click the Donate Now button, or if you have our mobile app, hit the Donate button there, or you can mail a check to Domestic Church Media, P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. And we really, really would appreciate that. And encourage your pastor, you know, to put a link to our website on his website. Uh, so the people can listen, you know. We're still, Cheryl was telling me recently she, she heard from someone um, in her parish who didn't even know about the radio station. We've been here for 15, 18 years. Well, the apostle has the radio station's been on the air for for uh, it'll be twelve years in uh, in in September. So, anyway, help us out with that, my friends. However, the Lord may be calling you to support us, uh, please do because we do need you. Uh, April thirtieth, twen- uh, the year two thousand, Saint Pope John Paul II, then just plain old Pope John Paul II, uh, canonized uh, Blessed Faustina. And she became Saint Faustina, the first canonized saint of the new millennium. And I can't do the whole homily here. We don't have enough time. But um, let me just start with this part. This is the second section, the last paragraph. And this is from John Paul II. Jesus told Sister Faustina, humanity will not find peace until it turns trustfully to divine mercy. And John Paul wrote or said, through the work of the Polish religious, this message has become linked forever to the 20th century, the last of the second millennium, and the bridge to the third. It is not a new message, but it can be considered a gift of special enlightenment that helps us to relive the gospel of Easter more intensely, to offer it as a ray of light to the men and women of our time. John Paul II, you may have heard this story, when um, there was the assassination attempt on his life in May of 1981. And he was very close to death. And they rushed him to the hospital. And thanks be to God, 
John Paul II recovered, and the doctors were amazed when they went in to remove the bullet from his body. And the doctor literally said the trajectory of the bullet should have gone through the main artery, should have gone through major organs, but it didn't. The doctor said it, it was almost as if someone guided the bullet around the arteries and around his major organs to spare his life. John Paul II attributes that to the Blessed Mother. And, of course, a year later went and put that same bullet in the crown of Our Lady of Fatima. But while he was recuperating, John Paul II asked for two Vatican files while he was in the hospital. The files, the official files on uh, Fatima and the official files on Divine Mercy. So he's always had a great devotion. Of course, Sister Faustina was from Poland. But the Holy Father always had a great devotion to the Divine Mercy. And here, you know, in in entering the, the third millennium, he said that this is not a new message, that people will find peace and not find peace until they turn trustfully to Divine Mercy. He said, but it can be considered a gift of special enlightenment that helps us to relive the gospel of Easter more intensely, to offer it as a ray of light to the men and women of our time. This is 20 years ago. And, you know, the Holy Father brought us across what he called the threshold of hope into the third millennium. And he said this in this homily that day in the canonization of St. Faustina. What will the years ahead bring us? What will man's future on earth be like? John Paul said, we are not given to know. However, it is certain that in addition to new progress, there will unfortunately be no lack of painful experiences. But the light of divine mercy, which the Lord in a way wished to return to the world through Sister Faustina's charism, will illumine the way for the men and women of the third millennium. John Paul said, however, as the apostles once did, today, too, humanity must welcome into the upper room of history the risen Christ, who shows the wounds of his crucifixion and repeats, peace be with you. Humanity must let itself be touched and pervaded by the spirit given to it by the risen Christ. It is the spirit who heals the wounds of the heart pulls down the barriers that separate us from God and divide us from one another, and at the same time restores the joy of the Father's love and of fraternal unity. And I think part of our problems leading up to our current situation, no one saw this coronavirus coming the way it did. Cheryl and I look back, you know, we, we we had our little winter vacation in the middle of February, toward the end of February. We went down to Alabama in the first, the second week of March. So we were in airports, we were on airplanes, we, were, we, were, we traveled. And that was right as the peak was just starting to really come, you know, make itself uh, known. No one saw any of this coming. And, and, and here we are, you know, now all 
confined to our homes with all these restrictions, the guidelines, et cetera, et cetera. And people are looking for peace. <laughs> people are looking for security, comfort, you know, something, understanding. Why did this happen? But John Paul said, again, in this homily, canonizing Faustina, that peace, uh, rather, humanity must let itself be touched and pervaded by the spirit given to it by the risen Christ. So we have to allow ourselves to be open to the Holy Spirit because it's the Spirit, John Paul said, who heals the wounds of the heart, who pulls down the barriers that separate us from God and divide us from one another. And as you know, there's been enormous division in our world, especially in our country and in our church even. So divided in so many ways at times. But the Holy Spirit will restore the joy of the Father's love and of this fraternal unity that I think we all long for. Holy Father John Paul said, It is important that we accept the whole message that comes to us from the Word of God on the second Sunday of each Easter, which from now on, throughout the church, will be called Divine Mercy Sunday. In the various readings, liturgy seems to indicate the path of mercy, which, while reestablishing the relationship of each person with God, also creates new relations of fraternal solidarity among human beings. Christ has taught us that man not only receives and experiences the mercy of God, but is also called to practice mercy towards others. Then he quotes from the Beatitudes, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. He also showed us the many paths of mercy, which not only forgives sins, but reaches out to all human needs. Jesus bent over every kind of human poverty, material and spiritual. And John Paul said his message of mercy continues to reach us through his hands held out to suffering man. This is how Sister Faustina saw him and proclaimed him to people on all the continents when hidden in her convent, In Krakow, she made her life a hymn of mercy. Uh, Don't you hope and pray that when when all this is is over, that people will have a kinder and gentler spirit toward each other? I think right now we're becoming so isolated. You know, you hear about the social distancing, the self-isolation, wearing masks, don't get too close, don't, don't, you know, don't, don't shake hands. All these things that are going to prevent us from getting the virus. And how long is that going to last? I'm not, I'm not being cynical, and I'm not a doctor, and I can only go with what you know, we're given by the so-called experts. But there's such a wide range of possibilities on where this is going to go, how long it's going to take, how you get it, how long you have it. You have it and don't know it, but you still can carry it. I mean, there's so many things that are scaring the, you know what, out of people. They don't know what to do. And we're 
becoming very wary of each other. We're becoming very suspicious of each other. Are you a carrier? Do you have it? Can I get it from you? The other day, I, I, last week, I, I think I told you, I was uh, the, the doorbell rang here at the station, and it was the uh, the water man who brings us those five gallon jugs of water for our water cooler. And I I, I saw it was him as we had one of those uh, video doorbells, so I could see who was at the door, and I saw it was him. So I, on the way to the front door, I grabbed two, or two empty uh, water jugs, opened the door, and he the door opened. He he backed up. Leave him there. <laughs> Like, I, I had the plague. Oh, my. I just hope we don't stay like that. You know, I think of Mother Teresa who picked up the, the, the poor souls in the gutters of Calcutta who were laden with lice and maggots and all kinds of disease. Didn't bother her. It was an act of mercy. You see, we have to get back to this this hope, anyway, would get back to this, this to enter into a, 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 a who was it, George Bush the first? <laughs> he wasn't king. What was it? The first, first President Bush who said uh, you know, he wanted a kinder, gentler nation. We do. We need that. Uh, Saint, uh, Saint, uh, John Paul said, Sister Faustina's canonization has a particular eloquence. By this act, I intend... Today, to pass this message on to the new millennium, I pass it on to all people so they will learn to know even better the true face of God and the true face of their brethren. In fact, love of God and love of one's brothers and sisters are inseparable. Here, the apostle reminds us of the truth of love, showing us its measure and uh, criterion in the observance of the commandments. It's not easy to love with a deep love, which lies in the authentic gift of self. This love can only be learned by penetrating the mystery of God's love. Looking at him, being one with his fatherly heart, we are able to look with new eyes at our brothers and sisters with an attitude of unselfishness and solidarity, of generosity and forgiveness. All this is mercy. And will we get back to that, my friends? Listen to what John Paul said. Looking at him, being one with his fatherly heart, meaning God, of course, we are able to look with the new eyes at our with new eyes at our brothers and sisters with an attitude of unselfishness and solidarity of generosity and forgiveness now this is the time i think you know we're hearing a lot about people who are reconciling with people uh, with whom they've had falling out or uh, you know separations whatever the situation is people reaching out to 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 others who were a part of their life at one time and no longer are because of arguments or misunderstandings or whatever. And what the motive is, I don't know. I mean, they, they're afraid they're going to die and they don't want to die with that on their heart. I don't know. But it's a good thing, reconciliation. It's a good thing, forgiveness and mercy, because we're more like God when we do that. If we're holding grudges and 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 uh, still harboring ill thoughts and ill feelings towards someone. That's not very godlike, not very Christ-like. This is a time of mercy. You know, people forget, for all that you hear about our Holy Father, Pope Francis, people forget that um, 
I think it was the, his second or third year of his pontificate. Remember, he had a year of mercy where he was doing nothing but teaching about and stressing the importance of mercy, God's mercy for us and our mercy for each other. Be merciful as your heavenly Father is merciful, we're taught. And this message of mercy, we're coming up, and I think, again, because of all that's going on and there's not a lot happening, people are forgetting this coming Sunday is the Feast of Divine Mercy. I know a lot of people have put uh, the image of Divine Mercy on their front doors um, to protect their homes. But you don't hear maybe this year as much about Divine Mercy Sunday as we have in the past. Although I will tell you, uh, we will have some special Divine Mercy programming on Sunday. Um, I believe we're going to broadcast from um, Stockbridge in Massachusetts. We're also going to broadcast the Holy Father's uh, Divine Mercy Liturgy beginning at 3.30 a.m. if you want to get up that early and listen to it. Um, um, But it is, and this was one request that our Lord made to uh, Sister Faustina, that the Sunday after Easter would be officially declared a feast day, a feast of mercy in the church. And there was resistance to that for a long time. Until this day, April 30th, 2000, when John Paul II, our Holy Father, Pope John Paul II, officially declared it a feast in the church to remind us of the importance of God's mercy. Without it, we're doomed, my friends. (laughs) But God's name is mercy, we're told. And Jesus said mercy is at the heart of the law. And so we celebrate that on Sunday. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow, God willing, already Thursday. I do pray, my friend, you have a great rest of your day. Don't forget, please, in any way you can, go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, make an online donation, help us out these uh, next couple of months. We really, really need you, uh, and we can't do this without you. So have a blessed day. Thanks for being here. My name is Jim Manfredonia. God bless you, and God love you. Bye.